Officially scary podcast of Sha Dynasty League. Ah ah ah. The only league, a one, a two, a three, that counts. Ah ha ha ha. I'm your host with the most ghosts. Count Dankula Bulinky. Ah ah ah. Joined, as always, by my dear friend, my undead servant in the dark arts, Deadvin Rambone. <laughs> Deadvin, why don't you say hi to the ghouls and goblins listening at home? Please die, everyone. Delightfully devilish, Deadvin. Ah, ah, ah. So, what do we have for all of our faithful listeners at home this week? Why, we have very much to talk about, very scary outcomes and so much action. I'm sitting here in positively eerie Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Eating a hungry Howie's pizza. Oh, Howie, how I'm hungry. How only you can cure my hunger with your sweet cheese, the pepperoni, and the garlic crust. Wait, garlic crust? No, no, I'm going to die! Alright, that's enough of that guy. <laughs> I think I think we've heard enough from, from Count Dankula. Uh, hello and welcome to the Halloween version of Scoop FM. That might have been the cringiest thing that we've done on this podcast so far, but you gotta shoot your shot, you know? You gotta just try. Gotta try, do something new, switch it up a bit. Okay, let's get right into it. So where are we at in the NFL? You know, we really are hitting the doldrums of the NFL season. We're at the halfway point um, of the regular season. We're seeing most teams have basically solidified their positions at the top of the division as division leaders. I mean, things can change, but no one's really in a back-and-forth battle. Aside from the AFC South, um, really everything is pretty clearly set. It's not that interesting right now. You know, we have tons of bye weeks. You know, as we get closer to the end of the regular season and teams are vying for playoff contention, whether that's uh, leading a division or a wild card and try to pick two wild card teams out of the AFC. I mean, if you assume that the Pats, Chiefs, Ravens are going to win the divisions, I mean, who wins the AFC South? Does the AFC South get a second wild card? Do the Raiders get one? The Chargers, the Browns, the Steelers, the Bills? It's a shit show. Uh, and I think it's going to come down to a tiebreaker. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying eight and eight could be the last wild card spot in the AFC. 
I haven't worked that out to see if that's actually possible. Um, but I think it could happen. I think that's happened like recently. I think one of those, like the year the Bills got in or something. Anyway, so we don't have much to talk about there. We did just want to remind you, what did we tell you? The last time we spoke about the San Francisco 49ers, we never said that they were going to remain undefeated throughout the season or that they were hands down the best team in the NFC, but we were saying they were the real fucking deal. And to see people power ranking them four, sometimes five teams behind other teams in the NFC, I saw one person say the Rams were better than them. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. They're in the same division, and they're at the top. They're two slots ahead of them. I mean, look, they might not even have the best record in the NFC in a couple of weeks, right? The Packers and the Saints only have one win, only one loss. So, you know, it's conceivable that they don't even finish with the best record. But we told you they were legit, okay? That Panthers game was all you needed to see. They are legit, okay? Shanahan is a genius. They drafted defense, just kept pounding the table for defense every first round, and it has finally paid off. Last year, they quietly had a strong defensive line in terms of run blocking, if you go back and look. Now, obviously, the X factor is Boza. Now they've actually got uh, some pressure on quarterbacks, and he is just feasting. Um, Yeah, well worth the number two overall pick. It's just been really impressive to see what they did against the Panthers. Now, I know a couple people are now saying, well, now we're starting to see the chinks in the armor. Look at that. They, they could barely beat the Cardinals. Look, Go look at any Cardinals box score, and I guarantee you it looks the exact same this season. Add up all the points up to the third quarter. They're getting smoked. They're down by multiple scores. Then look at the fourth quarter. In almost every one, they have multiple touchdowns, and the opposing team, a lot of times, has none, or maybe one. Okay, you know why? The game is well in hand, and Kyler Murray is a garbage time expert. People next year, just wait, are going to look and say, oh, I'd like the Cardinals to take a step forward. If you look at all their games, they were really only lost by a mar- margin of, you know, five points. They really weren't that bad. You know, look, don't trust that. This is all garbage time stuff. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to take a step forward next year, but that analysis is just skewed. All of these games that the Cardinals, the Cardinals, when you go back and look at them, that seem like they were actually in, they weren't really. They just weren't. Kyler Murray can make it happen, and a team basically knows they're up multiple scores going into the fourth quarter, kind of puts their foot off the gas. And then Kyler Murray does what he does. But it hasn't been enough to win them games. Now, in the case of Detroit, he took him to double overtime. Came close, but not quite. Um, I think you'll see a lot of that, and I would not freak out about the Niners in a win like that. Okay, there were some of the best years that Seattle had. Um, I can't remember if it was in one of their Super Bowl appearance years. They would lose to the Rams, who were a 500 middling team. Sometimes, um, you know, in St. Louis, sometimes at home. It's a short week for the Cardinals. They just traveled across the country last week. They got to go to Arizona on a Thursday, and you're playing a divisional matchup. I always say, don't trust high lines in divisional matchups. That's my rule. I mean, seven is a lot. When you're getting to 10, 10 and a half, uh, no. These teams know each other too well. Just keep that in mind. When you're in the playoffs, these teams aren't going to know you as well. That's when you could see the Niners pull up a performance like they did on the Panthers, but not against the Cardinals, not against a team that really knows you. You know what I mean? Um, It's like when you meet new people 
like Devin, you can um you can attest to this uh, down in Columbus. When you meet new people, they're like, oh my gosh, this guy is so cool and interesting. I just want to hang out with him more and more. And <laughs> everything he says is funny. You know, that's like beating a team outside of your division. Playing a team in your division is like hanging out with all your old friends where they're like, oh God, is fucking Matt going to come to this? God, he's so annoying. I remember when he didn't return Steven's Game of Thrones DVDs and they're like, yeah, he's, yeah that's just, that's what happens. See, they know you, so you can't make as much of an impact. Okay, let's get right to it. There's not much going on in the NFL this week, so I want to give some time to talk about Shadynasty Dynasty because even though we might be in the doldrums, kind of churning along in the NFL season, we might have had our most contentious week in this league last week. Every single matchup was a team that had a tied record. So those results flipped the rankings all over the place. It it was absolutely crazy. So I want to get into it. Um, But first, let me just say, I fucking suck at this. I'll, I I fucking suck at this. You know, I thought I was pretty good at drafting. And I think I am. I still think I can draft. Okay, I look at, I look at the draft I had the year before. And I'm like, hey, a lot of those things didn't pan out last year, but a lot of those picks came to fruition this year uh, and are potentially looking good beyond this year. Look at my draft this year. Same thing. Like all those. Miles Sanders, Terry McLaurin. Like a lot of those picks I made. Um, wow, I cannot trade to save my life. So last year, I saw an opportunity to upgrade a quarterback. I try to bump Big Ben up to Cam Newton. Okay, that, in a, uh, within the most recent couple years in a dynasty league, that would have cost you a fortune. But I was able to take advantage of a unique situation, and I just had to lose Aaron Jones in the process. Well, guess what? Cam Newton might never play football again. And neither might Ben, so that's a fucking wash. And I lost Aaron Jones for nothing. Then in the offseason, I say, oh, I want Chris Godwin so bad. So I packaged Tevin Coleman in a trade for Chris Godwin. And Chris Godwin's a top receiver. The problem is, I have enough top receivers. I don't have any fucking running backs. I lost another running back. So I tell myself, Dan, 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 Zeke is just fine. Joe Mixon sucks. Carry on is on the IR you need a running back. And I look and I say, oh God, there he is. His jersey still hangs in my closet collecting dust. We haven't spoken in years. I've avoided the topic. I haven't drafted him since this debacle in any league, and I'm in a lot of leagues. I say, maybe it's time to accept him back into the fold. I'm going to buy Le'Veon at the bottom, the trough of value. Try to get away with it. Try to give it away, get away with it by giving up some rookies. Well, what happens? <laughs> Doug Peterson finally figures out how the fuck to use Miles Sanders. So I gave you all the reasons last week why I thought I won that trade. Now let me give you all the ways that I'm going to lose it. That I don't make it into the playoffs because I'm on the cusp. And so then I have a top four pick that I just hand over to Devin. Oh, and Le'Veon is fucking washed, and the Jets don't want him. They're trying to trade him. Adam Gase didn't want to pay him. He hates Sam Darnold. He hates his whole team. They'll flip the whole thing, probably trade him to, I don't know, somewhere, 
And, it, and no one, uh, they can't even trade him because his contract's too expensive. No one wants to pay him that. So he never plays again. These are his last years of relevance. He's not going to perform. Oh, and then Terry McLaurin. Guess what? He's perennially a top 10 receiver. Even without a quarterback, he could get it done. He's like DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins in the Tom Savage era. And Miles Sanders is perennially a top 15, top 10 running back guy. Oh, he's so dynamic. And the first pick, that top four pick that I give to Devin is also a stud. And I got fucking nothing. I got dust and bones. You want to know what's scary? My team. I'm never trading anyone again. Don't come to me for trade offers. I'm done. Okay. With that rant out of the way, let's get right in to the trade talk in our league. So we had a very productive week in terms of trades. Um, So we'll start with the big ones. So first of all, we have... Nate giving his first round pick for Jordan Howard. So if my rant illustrated anything to you, it's that losing three running backs in fantasy and getting only one back in return has absolutely crippled me. Now, I don't know if Jordan Howard is really worth a first round pick, but in this market, I think the running back has been inflated to where he is. So... Yeah, if Nate needs a back, which he does, I mean, Gurley has not been Gurley, not been himself. Uh, I think that's the only way he gets it. Uh, it's also a good move for Matt. I mean, he's got McCaffrey and Chris Carson. Um, so even if his third best isn't that great, those two guys are strong enough to get you through this year. Um, and I can't remember who his, his third running back is right now. And I like this because him and Nate, are at the top of the stack. But we talked a lot about Matt's roster and about how he is quarterback overloaded and he's starting to crave skill positions, especially with these bye weeks coming up. And on top of that, the fact that um, some of his quarterbacks aren't starting anymore. I mean, I think we were up to seven last time we spoke. I think actually he had eight. Um, but then Eli's not starting. Andy Dalton's benched. Um Mariota's bench so you know he's really only down to five which is I know to say only five but that's a lot so yeah I like the move because he's gonna need um because uh, once these guys are benched if they start retiring they're worthless the window to sell them is gone now I mean if I were him I would have traded Mariota to Drew the Tennessee Titans fan at the start of the season even if I get a second round pick for it knowing that you're good enough and you probably don't need the other quarterbacks. You know, I would just be dishing out all the low-level guys uh, as soon as I could. But he held on to them, and so now he's got to figure out ways of how does he build out this roster. So accumulating picks in any way he knows how I think is valuable. And right now, if, uh, you know, if this is how the standings ended, then he'd have the ninth and 10th overall pick, which isn't very high, but there is something really attractive about back-to-backs. And back-to-backs work really well in uh, further trade packages if you wanted to push up. So I like that for him. Um, but yeah, it's also with Nate. I guess he's not so worried that Miles Sanders is going to eat into Jordan Howard's looks at all. And I think Miles Sanders is really bred in his butter in the passing game. So I don't know if they're really going to go away from Jordan Howard. Who, when I can't believe this, but when Matt drafted him in the second round last year, I was so fucking jealous. I wanted that pick so bad. I've been a Jordan Howard truther. Um, I've been kind of sad to see where his career has gone and how the Bears have treated him. But apparently the Bears just, I don't think Nagy knows what the fuck he's doing. Actually, I think he's a good court coach. 
I just think he has not come to recognize what his quarterback is quickly enough, and that's really hurt him. Like, Trubisky should be running the ball at least five or six times a game. He's big and athletic and fast. And all those big games he had last year, look at his rushing yards. He was running the ball. Okay, they need to get back to that if they want to have any um, dynamism back on offense. Okay, so Matt's back on the trading block again. He's giving up Derek Carr, one of his quarterbacks, for Michael Gallup and $10 in fab. Uh, I like that. Um, I like that for both teams. Actually, I think that's pretty balanced. Um, I feel like maybe you could have squeezed a little bit more out um, of what Derek Carr's value really is because Derek Carr is quietly having a good year. The Raiders are quietly having a good year offensively, actually. Um, But the problem is the brand name has just been pretty diminished over the past couple years where I think this is maybe the best you can do without a little extra, you know, salesmanship. But anyways, yeah, I like, I think Gallup's a great young player. Um, I kind of wonder, I've, I was hoping to see, actually not hoping because he's not on my team, but I like him. I think he's a good young player. And I was hoping to see a little bit more from him in those weeks that Amari Cooper was out, kind of proved that he could maybe take over an offense. Um, and I didn't see that. But I still think that a number two is, is valuable, right? I mean, you know, Juju was a number two for a long time. Now, we don't know how Juju looks fully unlocked as the alpha because he doesn't have a he doesn't really have a good quarterback throwing him the ball. But I like this pick a lot. Okay. Let's get in. Let's take a oh, we never name this segment. Uh, let's take a walk through the wicked waiver wire. Ooh, and it's very scary this week because it's filled with whiffs. All the top picks are whiffs. Bill gets Brandon Allen, first-time starter in the NFL, making his debut against the Cleveland Browns this Sunday, and he whiffs $15 on him. Ouch! Nobody bit bit anything. Nate whiffs $6 on Malcolm Brown. <laughs> so we talked previously about how does Nate really want to hold <clears throat> Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson? Probably not, He probably, but fuck it, he does. Nick gets Tra Carson, Tra, I don't know what, how, at $5, a rare um, tie. Bob also bid $5, and Nick beat him on the inverse order of standings rule. So that's pretty interesting. He grabbed Ty Johnson away from me, who disappointed a little. Tra Carson got most of the looks. Um, I don't really know how the Detroit backfield is going to play out, and honestly, I'm not super high on it because... Stafford has been slinging it this year, which has been great for me. Um, and all that talk from Detroit of they wanted to be a run-first team, well, without carry-on, I don't know how possible uh, that really is, how viable. And they've looked good running. They've looked good throwing the ball. I mean, if they had just put away the Cardinals and they didn't get hosed on some of those calls against the Packers, I mean, they, I mean, they could they could be in contention for winning this division, at least in a wild card slot, which which really is unfortunate because I love the Lions, I'll admit it. Uh, Eric whiffs $5 on Amendola. Sneakily a good pick. Since Carrion's been out, he's been getting a lot more looks. Um, seems like he's a short route guy. That's working out well for him. Uh, Nate whiffs $4 on Darren Fells. Bob gets Cole Beasley for $2, beating out Nate's dollar bid. 
Eric gets the Cowboys defense for two, beating out my $0 bid. And Devin gets Johnny Smith for one, beating my $0 bid. I got the money, and I'm still acting like I'm broke. Okay, let's get right in to matchup, roundup. That's the sound of a whip, but not a cowboy whip, like a, like a demon whip, like a dominatrix whip. Okay, let's get to the match of the week. Let's just admit it. I blew it. I lost. I had a shit week. Devin beat me 163.5 to 134.7. I was projected to win by 6.9. We both went over, but Devin went way over. I've got really no excuse. I mean, you know, the Saints D just railed Chase Edmonds. Um, then he went out with a hamstring and and Le'Veon. I mean, I didn't even have a way to win this game. The only way I could have is O.J. Howard was a late cross out. And so I went with, I needed a tight end. I was looking at eh, Johnny Smith or Cameron Brait. I went with Cameron Brait. He fucking sucks. He's washed. If I had gone John U. Smith there, and then the only other way I could have won is if I didn't trade Miles Sanders and I played him over Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, Devin had big weeks from James Conner eviscerating the Dolphins. Tyrell Williams, who was like inactive all week and then popped up on the game at the last second and got a tutty. And Aaron Rodgers back to form. Revenge season. I mean, this has been great for all that talk about the chemistry between him and uh, LaFleur. I don't know if they're getting along, but it's fucking working, and they are back in a big way. So, um, yeah, and he did all that, even though and if we look at this trade-wise, Sanders did go off, but at least I was on his bench. I mean, at least he spared me that humiliation. Um, Terry had a pretty quiet game. Although, you know what, Devin? You didn't play RG3 like you said you would. You said you'd play RG3, so we're going to have to see what the Twitter mobs um, think about that, you know, you rescinding on your promise. Um, so I've done a, a thing this week where I wanted to get you guys more involved, so I called you all up, and I asked you, you know, to give me some, like, summaries, give me some quotes on how you're feeling about after your matchups. So we'll start with mine, of course. Um, this is what I want to say to you, Devin. I'm looking at you right in the eye. This is what I, I want to say to you. Um, after making that trade with me and beating me this week. You're a fucking ugly bitch. I want to stab you to death and play around with your blood. Okay, so yeah, that's how I feel. Um, and yeah, so I had complained too that I was really beaten up on roster-wise. Uh, I did have five people injured before the game. Five. Uh, three on the IR. Um, you know, I had OJ Howard out, Cam Newton, Carrion Johnson, uh, Jalen Samuels, and Devontae Adams, but that's not enough to win the Make-A-Wish Award, surprisingly. We'll get to the winner soon. Okay, now moving on. Matt beating Dave. Two teams that were at the top, all with the highest record, facing off, and Matt beats Dave 147.1 to 141. Matt was a 14.8 dog, but Dave kept it close. You got to hand it to him on that, which is really, really impressive because, I mean, Dave is out of QBs. Matt Moore held his own um, in place of Mahomes, but, I mean, other than that, he had him and Matt Ryan out. Uh, 
and he didn't have a second quarterback to start. So he super flexed. He flexed in his super flex, which is always, always a tough situation to win. Um, it helped that Cooper Cup went off, Latavius Murray, David Montgomery breakout game. But yeah, that is that's hurtful. So um, so yeah, he was down both quarterbacks, and he had a total of six injured players. So that wins the Make a Wish award. Give it up for him. <laughs> Uh, he had his two QBs, we mentioned, Kamara, uh, and then he had a full IR with Njoku, Drew Locke, and Hakeem Butler. But let me just say, six total, you've never started Drew Locke and Hakeem Butler a day in your life. So my situation's worse. Um, yeah, and Matt had a good game. Again, his strength is with his running backs, Chris McCaffrey, Chris Carson, Jordan Howard had a nice game, though he's off the block now. And Juju is back, folks. Juju is alive. <laughs> It's alive! It's alive! Um, yeah, could Dave had win won this game? Um, I mean, if he had played Alshon over Cooks, that would have helped. Um, and he's just a little too Ram saturated. I mean, Cooks went out with a concussion, but even still, to be starting Cup, Cooks, and Everett, I mean, if this was the Rams of yesteryear. That's going to net you, you know, the three of them might combine to average a pretty good score, but they're just not scoring as much as they used to, man. So you're a little too saturated. It's very unlikely that, you know, even two of the three of them are going to have big weeks in the same week. Um, So Matt was, Matt wanted to make this a statement week. I made a comment last week that I thought he was a candidate to fall out of the playoffs, um, considering like how low of points he scored, how lucky he's been in some of these matchups. Um, and so instead of actually directing Dave, he sent me this message um, directed at me, um, you know, in questioning his ability to stay at the top. So, Devin, let's play that now. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Okay, Matt. Um message received. <laughs> I got it. I will not doubt you any longer. Let's go to another person who I said was at risk of falling out of the top spot for the same reason. Nate and Eric, who were also both tied with some of the best records in the league, all vying for those coveted, coveted by week spots. And Nate whooped Eric. 134.3 to 92.2. Uh, Nate was a 7.9 favorite, and Eric just went way under. Um, he didn't really have anyone break out or have a huge game except for Mike Evans. Just really consistent all over from defense to kicker to flex to quarterback. Um, <laughs> Eric's flex section was a barren wasteland. It was night of the living dead out there. Um, Dede Westbrook, zero catches for zero yards. Corey Davis, this is the most Corey Davis line I've ever heard in my life. Two catches for nine yards. And side note, Corey Davis had over 100 yards of air yards in that game. And he caught two of them for nine. Uh, and Geronimo Allison, one catch for seven yards. <laughs> Trubisky goes 250 yards, one pick, and no touchdowns. Yeah, it is the fucking... Oh, God. The horde is banging at the door. The undead are coming alive all over... Eric's roster. That was a pretty weak performance. There, there was really no way he could have won that. Um, I asked Nate 
if he had any comment about this game, about this win, a solid win that put him right into a bye week. And this is all he sent to me. Game over. Well, um, there you have it. Short and sweet. Not sure how he uh, got Eric in that one, screaming in the background, but uh, I like it. I like it. Um, okay, moving on. Bob with Bill. This was an exciting matchup. No way, no idea where this was going to fling to. Uh, Bob beat Bill 164 to 160.1. Our two top scores, our tightest margin of the week. That was a hell of a game. And even though they're at the bottom, they are crawling their way. They've got nails to the wood of their coffin, bloody fingernails dripping everywhere, trying to claw their way out of six feet of dirt and get to that sixth playoff spot. Um, so this actually does have some big implications, especially we were talking about Bob because Bob has had some big weeks recently. He had some injuries early on, uh, but things are starting to come into form for him. And yeah, he's, he's, he's just had some bad breaks. And there are a lot of teams at the top that I was uh, anonymously surveying that were pretty afraid of Bob. And actually some of them that had said, look, if Bob ends up in the sixth playoff spot, I don't, I, I, I either need a buy or I don't want to be, you know, three. I don't want to match up with him in the first round. Um, so Bob had big games from everyone, really. Edelman absolutely shredded Cleveland. What's so funny, it's like the first time uh, all season that Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, this, this lockdown uh, secondary duo, were both active. And um, it didn't matter because Edelman and, and the Patriots shred them. Uh, Saquon, Dalvin, Julio, all going off for big games. Uh, Bob had four players injured, not quite enough to win the Make-A-Wish Award, but good to see a big week uh, still off of that. Bill basically buoyed by a giant Tevin Coleman game that I gave up for free. And uh, the Tennessee Tannehill Titans being pretty serviceable. Same with DJ Chark. So, so far, Bill's made two pretty inexpensive pickups that are turning out to be uh, to be pretty good for him. Um if he had played Singletary or Jamal Williams over Tyler Boyd, that would have sealed it for him, uh, but it didn't happen. So Bob really needed this win badly. Like I said, he's got the playoff potential, um, and he doesn't have a first-round pick either. So he has no incentive to stay down there, which you know could have been dangerous because Bob, with the squad that he's got, um, could, if he had that first-round pick, just say, yeah, fuck it, I'll wait another year. Who cares? And I'll get a top-four pick. But that's not what he's about, so it doesn't feel like he's going to be in that, that spot for long. So who's going to be the fourth to get bumped out of the playoffs? Now, honestly, I'm the most likely candidate, but I hope it's not me. I hope the turnaround is coming. Anyways, um, yeah, he, and Bob has just had bad luck. He's, for weeks now, has had the most points scored against him, and Bill... Um, yeah, you helped him by with this performance. Uh, you know, Billy, you tried to actually take most points scored away from him, uh, but but you scoring points actually didn't enable you to do that. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, so when I talked, I said I asked Bob, you know, what what would he have to say to Billy um, after beating him? How good did it feel after getting that win? And this is what he sent me gonna hurt you you didn't let me finish my sentence i said i'm not gonna hurt you i'm just gonna bash your brains 
I'm gonna bash him right the fuck in. So yeah, a uh, pretty impassioned response. I think uh, that win felt good. It was cathartic, um, so he felt good to get that out. And now, let's get into some leagues have the Super Bowl. We have the Toilet Bowl with Nick and Drew, our two expansion teams. I wanted Drew to get this first win so bad. Nothing against you, Nick. I just wanted to see it happen, and it was damn close, but he couldn't seal the deal. Um, Nick beat Drew 122 to 112.5. He was only a 3.8 favorite, um, so he did pretty good there. And Breeze is back, folks. So we have to remember, Nick has done pretty decently, had some bad luck, uh, all without Drew Breeze. And essentially, they didn't have a, th- a thick... Uh, quarterback core to pick from so Drew Brees has been out and Nick just hasn't been that viable but with him back I mean if the cards fall right he could make a late playoff push um Aaron Jones had a monster game that (laughs) gave him away for free and um he uh that was on Sunday Night Football. Going into that, it looked like Drew seriously had a chance here. Uh, I didn't watch that game. I went to bed, and then I woke up, and I was like, oh, never mind. There's no chance. Um, but, yeah, Nick didn't even start a defense. I don't know if that was like a power play or if he just didn't want to risk anybody going negative again, which has happened to him a couple of times. Uh, but if he had started the Jags defense, this game wouldn't have even been close. He would have won by, like, 30. Um, Drew set nearly his best lineup possible. It just wasn't enough. And uh, there wasn't really a way to win this one. Um, both of them had four injured players. They were close to the Make-A-Wish Award, um, but not quite. Dave still sealed it. Um, and so I reached out to Nick. I said, Nick, you know, um, why, don't you send, why don't you send me something uh, that you would like me to play for Drew? And this is what he sent me. Stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless Cocksucker! Be silent! Oh. Oh. Your mother sucks cocks in hell, oh, Paris, you faithless oh, slime. Um, okay. <laughs> Nick, I don't know you that well. You seem like a nice guy, but uh, that was a bit extreme um, and kind of weird. I don't, I don't know, like, who was screaming at you in that to be silent? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to know, so let's, uh, let's just move on to the standings. All right, time for me to eat crow or eat the raven. Nevermore. Um, in first place is Matt at 6-2. and two. He is up two spots from last week. He has the sixth overall most points. I've already lamented uh, how wrong my prediction was in, in saying that I thought he was a candidate to fall off. He got it done last week in a, uh, in a key matchup, and now he's at the top of the league. Um... Yeah, and you could see why when we were talking about half wins, he was very against it. <laughs> Nate is in second place, also with six and two. He is up two spots from last week, and he has the seventh most points. So that'll be interesting. Um, the two of them going at it. Uh, they're both in the buy week spots, and uh, yeah, they they have a tied record, so no one else is is out there. Um, Devin is in third place at five and three. He's up two spots from last week. He has the first most points. So for a dude who's saying, oh, I'm seeking capital. I'm looking to build next year. Um, he's sure high up there. Kind of makes me wonder if that was a little bit of a ploy that he actually does think he has a chance to win this year, but he thinks if he wins, he has a low first-round pick, so he wanted to accumulate more. And just an FYI, if you take a look at that Google spreadsheet I sent with all the picks now, with me giving uh, D- uh, Devin my pick, he now has three picks in the first round. And one is Billy's, 
So, <laughs> one is mine. And we both might be in the top four. So, fucking ouch. Um, Eric is in fourth place. Five and three. Down three spots from last week with the second most points. Oh, no. I, I have to say it in the same breath. Dave is at fifth. With, at five and three, down three spots from last week with the fourth most points. I told you, look, these two, sometimes the person you hate, sometimes your mortal enemy, sometimes you're not so different. We're, we're, we're more alike than you think. And these two just have the gene of blowing it. They're blowing it right in front of our eyes. Dave is riddled with injuries and just, oh, bad luck caught up to Eric. Bad juju, I guess. Um, I'm in sixth place at four and four, so I'm at 500. I'm in the last playoff spot. I have the fifth most points scored, and I move zero. I can't move out of this spot. I keep trying to get out of here because I know Bob is coming, so I'm running for the fucking hills, and I cannot get out of here no matter what I do. I trade for Le'Veon Bell. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, so Bob is in seventh place at three and five. He's up one spot from last week. He's got the third most points. We've talked about it. He's been absolutely wrecked so far. But And I know third most points and not being in the playoffs sounds crazy, sounds like me last year. Um, but it can happen. It can continue to happen. And just last time we spoke, Bob was fifth most in points scored. So that last week really pushed him over the edge. We are all tight as hell in this points department. If you go and take a look, everybody cracked 1K this week with the exception of of Billy and Drew. Um, so yeah, Nick is in eighth place, also at three and five. Uh, he's up one spot from last week. He's got the eighth most points scored. And even so, I think he's a bubble team. If Drew Brees comes back, um, Mark Ingram continues to produce. Carson Wentz uh, gets a little more passing yardage going. Uh, yeah, I think I think he could he could surprise some people. Uh, Billy is at three and five. He's down two spots from last week. He has the ninth most points scored. This is starting to look rough. You might want to settle in here uh, if you're Billy because you say, hey, could get the first or the second overall pick. Just got to beat Drew in the playoffs, but he doesn't have that pick. So that's kind of tough. And then Drew B is at 0-8, um, same spot as last week, 10th most points scored, but we're going to get you that fucking win, buddy. Well, it has been a wonderful time. Um, actually, a scary time talking to all of you. I'm so scared right now. Anyways, uh, next week's award to look forward to is the Big D Award. That's given to the defense that scores the most points on a starting roster. Um, so we already know that's not the San Francisco defense. They're the only defense that's already been played. The match of the week, you know what I would have called it before the Thursday night game, and I'm going to stick with it. It has to be Matt and Nate. They are in the bye week spots. They are both tied in record. They are within a few points of each other in points-wise. Matt's at 6 overall. Nate's at 7th overall. And here's the thing. Whoever loses this one goes to 6-3. and three. Now you have Dev, Devin, Eric, and Dave all at 5-3. and three. So one of them, at least one of them, has to win. And so whoever loses this one is then going to be pushed into their category. And they have the first, second, and fourth most points scored, um, meaning that Whoever loses this game could drop three or four spots. So shit is tight in this league, so it's got to be our match of the week. Um, Matt is off to a hot start. Manuel Sanders, first week in San Francisco, short week, doesn't matter. Wow. My, my Goodwin stock, my Debo Samuel stock down the toilet. Turns out they're garbage, and 
<laughs> Garoppolo just needed someone, someone capable. Um, and then, oh, he, and Matt also had Kittle who had a nice week, nice touchdown. Um, San Francisco defense didn't really dominate as much as we would hope for Nate. So it's looking like Matt's going to take this, but who knows? And this could really push it around in the rankings. So that's your match of the week. And I think that's all we have for you. So until next time, until the undead arise from their cold, dark tombs and come for the living to feed on our warm flesh and blood. Goodbye. <laughs>